385 days since the last time there were people in this space that I am in now worshiping together. 385 days. March 7th, 2020 was the date to be exact. This week I went back and I was watching that service and, and I was looking at my sermon from, from that Sabbath, that last Sabbath when we were all together. And in that sermon, actually before the sermon started, I began my, my sermon or, or the prelude to my sermon by trying to encourage those that were worried about the pandemic, encourage them that we were, that we were taking the coronavirus seriously, COVID-19 seriously, that, that we, were, we were mindful of the potential dangers. And in the same voice, I was trying to assuage those who were angry at me because I had made an announcement that we should not be hugging at church. And some people thought I was making far too big a deal about COVID-19. It's trying to balance the two opinions. Little did I know that I would spend the next 12 months continuing to try to balance those two opinions. People on both sides, both perspectives of COVID-19. I also said this within the prelude to that sermon. I said, someone before we got up, before I got up today, asked me, Pastor, what if we don't have services? And then I said, now I don't think we're going to go there, but just in case we are, but I don't think we are going to go to the place where we will not have services, but just in case we are. 385 days ago, I said that. By that Wednesday, everything had been shut down and we began our online services. And thanks to the leadership of Pastor Jason, every single week we've continued to have a worship service here for you online. But I think about those past times and we've been in exile a long time. We've been in a long exile. And I pray that our exile is truly coming to an end. I am vaccinated. I got vaccinated under the, the 1C, which was clergy uh, here in the state of Maryland. I hope you have had the opportunity to get your vaccine. And if you have not, I hope that you'll have that opportunity soon. I pray that our exile is truly coming to an end. We, we are now able to have not only in-person services, which we've been doing for a little while outdoors, but, but we are also now able to have in-person, indoor services, to hear some, some live music once again. And, and even now as you're watching this, there are people at the Spencerville Church, 200 of us gathered, that's our limitations, 200 of us gathered worshiping in this space that I'm coming to you from now. But I want to talk today about being in exile. About 
the power we have to get us through exile. About the exiles that we have because of pandemics, the exiles that we have because of broken relationships, the exile that we have because of our own sin. Let's pray. Jesus, please speak to our hearts as we worship today, as we, as we open your word. In your name I pray. Amen. Now, exile is not an unfamiliar position for followers of God. There was the exile of the northern kingdom of Israel, the northern kingdom of Israel to Samaria by the Assyrians. And you can read about this in 1 Kings chapter 15 and 1 Kings chapter 17. There is the, the larger exile that we more often think of, and that is the exile of the southern kingdom, also known as Judah. And there are many books of the Bible that are written in relation to that exile. The one that is most famous to us as Seventh-day Adventists is, of course, the book of Daniel. But the text that we're going to look at today is also talking about the exiles and the people that were impacted by the exile of the southern kingdom, the kingdom of Judah, to Babylon under the uh, authority of Nebuchadnezzar, and then the ongoing authority of Cyrus, and then the ongoing authority of Darius. And we're going to be in Ezra chapter 6. Ezra is not a book that, that a lot of people are familiar with, but Ezra comes right after the book of Chronicles, Second Chronicles, and it comes right before the book of Nehemiah. So if you find one of those larger books, uh, you should be able to find Ezra. And in Ezra chapter 6, it, it is continuing the story of the exiles who have now had a chance to leave Babylon and go back to Jerusalem. And they are trying to rebuild their temple. They're trying to rebuild their church, so to speak. To have a place once again to worship together in person. But they're running into some issues. And, and Ezra chapter 6 begins with King Darius searching the records, searching the, the treasury for, for instructions that were given in the past by another leader, King Cyrus, that, who issued a decree concerning the temple of God in Jerusalem. And, and Darius finds this scroll in which it is stated that the Jews had the right to go back and to rebuild their temple. And when Darius sees this, he writes to two governors in the area, the governor Tatanai and the governor Shethar Bazanai. And he says to them, you and the other officials of that province, Stay away from there. Do not interfere with the work on the temple of God. Let the governor of the Jews and the Jewish elders rebuild this house of God on its site. Moreover, verse 8, I hereby decree what you are to do for these elders of the Jews in the construction of this house of God. And then he tells these leaders that not only are they not to interfere, but they are also to pay, they are to pay for the building of this temple. They are to, to give them resources to build back their temple. And he tells them this, and this is kind of crazy. In verse 11, Darius writes, Furthermore, I decree that if anyone defies this edict, and maybe some of 
The boys out there will actually think this is kind of interesting, but this is crazy. Furthermore, I decree that if anyone defies this edict, a beam, a piece of your house, is to be pulled from their house, and they are to be impaled on it. And for this crime, their house is to be made a pile of rubble. May God, who has caused his name to dwell there, overthrow any king or people who lifts a hand to change this decree or to destroy this temple in Jerusalem. I, Darius, have decreed it. Let it be carried out with diligence. And so, the Jews are once again able to rebuild their temple. And then in verse 16, it says, Then the people of Israel, the priests, the Levites, and the rest of the exiles celebrated the dedication of the house of God with joy. For the dedication of this house of God, they offered 100 bulls, 200 rams, 400 male lambs, and as a sin offering for all Israel, 12 male goats, one for each of the tribes of Israel. And they installed the priests in their divisions and the Levites in their groups for the service of God at Jerusalem, according to what is written in the book of Moses. Exile is not unfamiliar position for the followers of God. Whether the northern kingdom of God, whether the southern kingdom of Israel, Judah, uh, whether other people in throughout church history, nor for us who have just experienced a long exile during this pandemic. Now, exiles were usually allowed by God and used by God to teach the people, to remind them of their dependence upon Him, to bring reforms to their hearts and their ways. When we look back at our exile over the last year, we will see that there are, there have been opportunities for us to learn and to grow individually, as families, as a corporate body. And in the future, at another point in time, we will explore some of those ideas. But, but today, I simply want to rejoice that, that we are returning from our exile, that we are in the early stages of a return to gathering in the presence of God and with fellow believers. I know that there's some of you that are not here yet, but, but, but we know that very soon you will be able to join us. And we want to have all of us back together face to face in what is our worship home. Of course, even today, we are reminded that the return from exile comes with some loss. The return from exile comes with some hurt and some pain. In the times of Israel, there were a group of people known as the, the diaspora, or the diaspora, I guess would be the way that most people say it. The, the diaspora were Jews who did not return to Israel once the exile was over. They never came home. We will likely have our own diaspora. We are going to work hard to reach every single person, to, to make sure all feel welcome and comfortable coming back to this house of worship. But there will be some. This is a reality already I'm hearing from friends that, that have opened churches in other parts 
of our country. There will be some that just will not return. We have persons that were here with us 385 days ago. I think of Art Fuller, who we just lost within the last week. Marcy Chang, who I just did a graveside service for in the last couple weeks. There are persons that were here with us 385 days ago that have passed away, and, and we mourn their absence. We mourn their absence. And, and someday in the future, just by the way, someday in the future when, when we are all back together, we are going to, as a corporate body, acknowledge that loss appropriately together. To remember them, to celebrate them, to, to affirm our sadness, but also our hope that we will see them again one day. But other things change with exile as well. In fact, in the book of Ezra, we, we see this. Even though the exile begins to come to an end, and even though things are returning to somewhat what we would say normal, there is, there is still loss and there are still changes when you come back from exile. Some things will never be quite the same as they were before. And in Ezra chapter 3, verses 11 through 13, it says this, with praise and thanksgiving, they sang to the Lord. Now these are the exiles who are coming back to Jerusalem. He is good. His love endures. His love toward Israel endures forever. And all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. This is Ezra chapter three. But many of the older priests and Levites and family heads who had seen the former temple wept aloud when they saw the foundation of this temple being laid while many others shouted for joy. So you have two reactions going on. One, you have people that are just joyous to come back and then others that have come back, but they realize that things are not quite the same. They aren't quite the same. And verse 13 of Ezra chapter three says, no one could distinguish the sound of the shouts of joy from the sound of weeping because the people made so much noise and the sound was heard far away. There was this noise of, of joy. People celebrate. We're so glad to be back. We don't care what it is. We're just glad to be back. And there's other people that say, man, it's never going to be the same again. We remember what it was before exile and it's just not the same. And they were weeping. There's there's both and in the journey of exile. Some things have changed. Some things weren't back to the way they would eventually be, at least not yet. As I watched the service from 385 days ago, I had a similar feeling to those old priests that wept. In fact, I myself got teary-eyed. That day, there were many more people in this room than just 200. That day, we, we sang beautifully and boisterously 385 days to go together. We sang this resounding hymn, Come ye faithful people, come. And I listened to that hymn and I got tears in my eyes. We won't be singing like that today. We haven't sung like that together in a long time. And it probably will still be a long time before we sing that way together. 
Lisa Freilich that day was conducting our, our middle school band and, and we won't be able to have our kids, the bands or the choirs with us for a while either. That makes me sad because our, our youth ensembles leading them in the music is one of the greatest blessings of being a part of the Spencerville Church. So I am joyful, but my joy is mixed with the taint of sadness, knowing that even as we begin to, to open up and to regather, you, you're not here with us. Some of the music isn't here with us. There's things that have changed that, that likely will never be the same again. And we still can't hug each other. But in this text from Ezra chapter 6 today, there is this beautiful reminder of hope. Because with every exile, there comes changes. But there is something that remains consistent. There is something that remains true. There is something that remains so foundational, we can lean on it no matter what the exile is that we are going through. If we're struggling with a sin and we've been exiled because of a sin, but, but, but we're looking for some hope, there is something that we can hold on to. If we've been exiled because of, of sickness or, or sorrow or a broken relationship, there is something that gives us strength to push through. If, if we're exiled because of a pandemic, there is still hope. And in our text today, is that picture of hope. Exodus chapter 6. I'm going to read verses six, verse 16 again. Begin there. Then the people of Israel, the priests, the Levites, and the rest of the exiles celebrated the dedication of the house of God with joy. For the dedication of this house of God, they offered 100 bulls, 200 rams, 400 male lambs, and as a sin offering for all Israel, 12 male goats, one for each of the tribes of Israel. And they installed the priests in their divisions and the Levites in their groups for the service of God at Jerusalem, according to what was written in the book of Moses. And then this, and then this is so awesome. This re-entering, this, this beginning of the end of the exile coincided with something very special. Verse 19, on the 14th day of the first month, the exiles celebrated the Passover. The priests and Levites had purified themselves and were all ceremonially, ceremonially clean. The Levites slaughtered the Passover lamb for all the exiles, for their relatives, the priests, and for themselves. So the Israelites who had returned from the exile ate it together with all who had separated themselves from the unclean practices of their Gentile neighbors in order to seek the Lord, the God of Israel. For seven days, they celebrated with joy the festival of unleavened bread because the Lord had filled them with joy by changing the attitude of the king of Assyria so that he assisted them in the work on the house of God, the God of Israel. Their return from exile, their, their first foray back into their house of worship coincided with the start of the most important holy day of Israel's community, the Passover. How awesome is that, that there was this, this synchronicity between, between this, this foundational event in the history of Israel 
and their return from exile. The Passover, I think most of you know what the Passover is, but, but let's just be reminded. You can read all about the, the original foundations of the Passover in the book of Exodus chapter 12. And in Exodus chapter 12, we're told about the Israelites that, that who were at the time in another form of exile. They were slaves in Egypt. And they had been in exile in that state of slavery, not just for 385 days, but they had been in that state of slavery, that, that state of exile for 400 years. And some of you might still feel exiled in this time of the pandemic. Please know that, that, that it's not going to last 400 years. But God came in the midst of their exile. God heard their cries. God heard their pleas. And he came to deliver them, to take them back home to the promised land. And a sign of his protection was that, was that they were to put lamb's blood, the blood of the lamb over their doorposts to, to symbolize that they were trusting in the covering, in the protection of God. Passover was always to be a reminder that God is a deliverer, that, that no matter what exile you are in, that eventually God will deliver. The Passover was always to be a reminder that, that, that no matter what struggle you were going through, God was still the covering lamb. He was still the protector. He was still the one whose blood would cover you and protect you. And here they are at the end of this exile, and it coincides with the Passover. And they are then reminded, we are still under the protection of the Lamb. Even though we've gone through this exile in Babylon, we are still under the covering of God's blood. And they are joyful. Things are not quite normal. Things are not quite how they used to be. But even in this moment, they celebrate the Passover and they are reminded that God saves. They are reminded that they can still have hope because of the shed blood of the Lamb. They are reminded that in all their exile, God is still their deliverer. That in all their exile, God is still an ever-present help in time of trouble. That in all their exile, God is still the everlasting person of hope. I don't know if you're aware of this, but today, March 27th, 2021, as we are taking our first steps into ending our exile, today is the beginning of the Jewish Passover. The week that leads us to the weekend in which we are reminded afresh that Jesus died for our sins, that we're reminded afresh that, that Jesus lived the perfect life that we could not live, that, that, that Jesus paid the price with his blood that we deserve, where we're reminded once again that, that Jesus was resurrected on the third day so that we can have hope that his blood can still carry us through any exile. 385 days ago, we last gathered in this space. And today, there are people in that space once again beginning to worship 
in our home of worship after a long exile. And things are not quite what they were. You still aren't there. But we know you will be one day. Things aren't quite what they were 385 days ago. But today, like in the day of Ezra, today, like in the day of the Exodus, today, like in the days of the the northern kingdom being exiled to Samaria, we are reminded today that through it all, Jesus saves. Through it all, the blood of Jesus covers us. The, the, the fountain of blood that flows from Jesus is enough to cleanse us from all our sins, to cleanse us from, from all the pain, all the suffering, all the anger of the exile. Through it all, we are reminded that Jesus' blood is an ever-present help in time of trouble. That Jesus' blood will forever give us hope that there is a better day, a day of no exiles coming for each and every one of us. Because of Jesus, whether we are in this building or out of this building, whether we are together in worship or, or still in this virtual worship, because of Jesus, our Passover lamb, we can have strength and hope. First Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. Let me read that to you. First Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. For you know that is not, it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect, what is that saying? Verse 18 is talking about an exile. That, that, that because of our sin, because of history, because of the, the, the events of this world, because of the events of this world, we are in a defective way of life. But because of the unblemished, undefective Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, we are are redeemed. We are redeemed. Y'all, we have hope. Not because people are in the space of the church. We have hope not because we're able to have an outdoor service. We have hope and we can celebrate in our homes in the sanctuary, in nature, because even though things are not quite what they were, they never are after exile, we can know that because of the grace of God, we are covered by the blood of Jesus. We can know that, that our sins are washed away that sinners plunge beneath the blood of Jesus are made white as snow. We can know that, that sinners plunge beneath the blood of Jesus are carried through tough times by the power and the might and the glory of the Lamb 
Jesus Christ. The end of the exile is just beginning. We are not what we once were. We are not what we may be. But we can know this. We will never be away from help or hope. Because today on this Passover day, we can be reminded that we have a Passover lamb, Jesus Christ, and His blood, His blood covers all our sins, covers all our wounds, covers all our pain. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the blood of Jesus. I thank you for the gift that, that, that though we've been in exile, and, and, and maybe, Jesus, we were in exile because we needed to learn something. Though we were in exile, and maybe, Jesus, you allowed the exile because of the sin in our world. We know that the pandemic is a result of sin. The disease is a result of sin. We know that, that the enemy has sent it here to destroy us. But Lord, we've learned in this time, and I hope one of the things we've learned most is that, that we can be dependent upon you. And just as in Ezra's day, as the people first gathered, they first began to, to come out of that exile, to, to go into their home of worship once again. On that day, they were reminded of the power of the blood, the power of the Passover lamb. Lord, today in 2021, March 27th, may we be reminded of the power of the blood, of the power of the Passover lamb. Not, not, not a lamb A beast, but, but a lamb, the lamb, Jesus Christ, who takes away the sins of the world, who reaches out to every exile and says, I will get you through. I thank you, Jesus, that today, while we worship in a building, while we worship in a home, wherever we may be, we have hope because of the blood of the Lamb of our Savior, Jesus Christ. In your name we pray. Amen.